0: Welcome, Heathens and Witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. We're back at it again. Um What's the business stuff that I have to do at the very beginning? Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, and ring the bell if you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice. Leave us a review. That's how we know that we have nine listeners. Thank you for joining the team. Anywho, today we're just gonna get right into it because I don't remember if there's something else I'm supposed to say. Um, I'm never gonna remember, guys. That's just you have. To it okay really
1: is different every time. That's fine. It happens. It really Listen, is. You're welcome.
0: It's creative or something. We're gonna protect. <clears throat> and not just. It's it. better
1: than a pre-recorded intro, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Or these are all pre-recorded ahead of time. You never know. You'll never know. Um, so uh, whatever. Uh, Today, we're talking about Pontus and other primordial Greek
1: deities. Yeah. So um, Pontus, a deep dive on Pontus, that is, was requested by one of our listeners. So looking at you, Briskraft, you're welcome. This was actually a really interesting one because um, there's not a lot out there on Pontus pontus but there is a but there is a bunch of interesting things um about pontus and the type of deity role that pontus uh inhabits so pontus or pontos um is the greek primordial oh, oh yeah some people pronounce that pontos yeah mm. disagree oh. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i actually looked it up and it, it is, some people say it with an, with an O. So it's Pontus or Pontos um, is a Greek primordial sea god, a protogenoi. Uh, but he isn't just the god of the sea, he is the personification of the sea. The, but it is important not to confuse him with Oceanus, the personification of the ocean um, or poseidon the god of the ocean and waters and everything there uh, they are completely separate entities uh, according to the greek um, system but it's totally reasonable seas are very different than oceans when you're boating about yeah that is true absolutely So yeah um and in the mediterranean there are a lot of different there are like several different seas round there in addition to the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the ocean on like the far side. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty, it, it makes a lot of sense why they would separate that. Sure. Um, but in order to go forward, we really need to talk about animism first. Sure. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Are uh, Those are those <clears> books <throat> that on the front cover, they have like a child and then they transform into like a bug or a horse or like a, like a dinosaur or whatever.
1: Isn't that anamorphs? That is anamorphs. That's correct, yes. That is not... That, <laughs> you know what's funny is that is not what we're talking about, but that is uh, surprisingly close to, to what we're talking about. It's kind of close. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: That's why I said it. That's why I said it. Plus, those were banger books. Who else read anamorphs as a kid? Man. I love those books. I I, did not. uh, This is the thing, I loved those books and I read and owned a shitload of those books. (laughs) I can tell you zero information about those books. Like the knowledge of the books themselves, vacuum in my head, it's just a vague memory of enjoyment. And like the front covers, which I loved all the front covers. (laughs) Yeah, 100%, right? There, Animorphs is in that space with like goosebumps.
1: Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, that
0: one that we watched that uh that like British Goosebumps show that we watched the kids show on, whatever the heck that one was called.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like a disaffected teen who was too cool for everything at the time that those came out. No so I did not cool read those.
0: For, it's like being but, too cool for um, the um for the Power Rangers. Absolutely fucking impossible. I Nobody's too cool for the Power Rangers. For a time. Have you seen cool the, the White Rangers? Ranger? So cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I said for too a time. Cool.
0: Cooler than any of us. <laughs> Yeah. You were just wrong. You were just wrong. No, it's okay to be wrong. Listen, (laughs) it's fine. Yeah. We forgive you on behalf of the Power
1: Rangers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Goosebumps. And Animorphs. And Animorphs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um... (laughs) Animism. Uh, Animism is the belief that all things have a spirit. Um, That is, that all or most objects specifically possess a sentient spirit. Animism kind of plays out in a lot of different ways throughout different cultures and belief systems throughout the world. So I'm not going to go into specifics of animism because it's very, very different depending on the location, people, peoples who have the belief as well as the time frame that that belief happened Um, but most cultures throughout the world have used animism as a religious and spiritual practice at some point in time Um, and that's not to say that it's only animism sometimes it's blended you know it's it's a there's a there's like a lot of variation here Um, there are some anthropologists though that think that it was more common in ancient times and played a huge role in how ancient people perceived and made sense of the of the world
0: how can anthropologists think that it was more common in ancient times it's not common now and it was kind yeah. of common then yes therefore that, is, that seems like one of those like some anthropologist was like listen it's probably more common then and they're like Book I
1: mean the you thing know? about like this, this stuff is it's kind of tough to research because it, none of these people agree with oh, each sure, other Yeah. Sure, you know sure, sure, sure. and they're yeah. always like it, it, you kind of go well, into it's, like because
0: you're, you're, you're reading a scroll and then being like
1: ah that probably means this is this. what I think this means. Yeah. yeah. Sure, totally, and then totally. you have like the aliens people, and then you have the like race supremacist you, you people. Have the aliens people. Like, yeah, like no, well, like fair. I just recently learned that there are people who think that the Egyptians went over to South America to build the Mayan pyramids. Yes. Yeah. And I'm yes. just like, what they How? How, yeah, wh- why, why, yeah, well, um, I mean,
0: like, yeah. listen, the Mayans <laughs> taught the aliens, and then the aliens went over and taught the Egyptians.
1: Oh, that must yeah. be it, they have it backwards, yeah, so yeah, um, some anthropologists think that it was more common in ancient times, um, than it is today, and that it made like a big impact on people because they were like, we don't understand why this stuff is happening, so like, we're just gonna assume that this particular thing is, uh, is. Possessed of a spiritual power. Sure, yeah. To deify it. Well,
0: humans love anthropomorphizing, like, insane shit. I would like to vaguely gesture at robots about that. Like, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, how many people have, or hell, like a Tamagotchi or some shit? Like, we anthropomorphize the shit out of stuff, right? Yeah,
1: we absolutely do. So,
0: like, it would make sense that people, like, did that in ancient times, in current times, like, throughout all of time. Yeah. And, like, the interesting thing would be, like, kind of... From my perspective, it's like, what did we learn from it as a, like, did we just use it as a linguistic thing, right? Like, to describe something as having character or animus or spirit, Mm -hmm. is it an easier way to sort of, like, cope with the fact that sometimes shit do weird stuff? Maybe. You know? But also, (laughs) maybe
1: everything sort of has a distinct... Spirit associated with it, I it like it plays out in a lot of different cultures. Like in Japanese culture, you have items where if they're used for a certain amount of time, they develop their own spirit. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff, even to this day that we see. But we see yeah. a lot of instra- instances. I of- mean, listen,
0: I I'm, I talk to trees and rocks and and just like all kind of shit. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I completely get it, right? Yeah. But like, I want like I I wonder where. The, like, it was useful as a tool, which is what it sounds like. It's like it plays a huge role in the ancient people's, like, perception of making sense of the world. Like, I want to know where the, like, tool ends and the, like, faith begins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From yeah. an anthropological standpoint, of course, not like, I mean, obviously from a practical standpoint, it would be gangster. But since time travel isn't a thing yet, guys, get on it.
1: Yeah, right. Um,
0: at least from an anthropological standpoint. That would be dope.
1: It would be interesting yeah. to maybe, kind maybe of Maybe somebody can make more. like a history
0: channel special about it. So long as they take the aliens guy and lock him in the basement first.
1: You know, I feel like to get a good um, special on it, we probably have to find somebody on YouTube. There's a ton of people yeah, doing that's a, that's a great YouTube documentaries yeah, on, on that's
0: YouTube. A, that's a YouTube. That's a YouTube doc, not a bloody... Um, uh, not not
1: infotainment.
0: A, yeah. Oof, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever, bro. Like YouTube is basically all in, It's like oops, all That's infotainment. True. That's true. But it's just like less toxic and idiot.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sometimes. High high value production, like high production cable is sometimes garbage. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we find ourselves watching less and less of it as time goes yeah. on.
0: And way more YouTube docuseries. Let me tell you <clears> what. <throat> yeah. Half, half our half our YouTube subs are just like. Or that. just like in like infotainment people, yeah, heavy on the info,
1: and that's kind of, sort of, what we're doing right now.
0: Yes, inception, infoception. Yeah,
1: yeah look tainment. at that. We're breaking that fourth wall there. Info- talking about infoception, tainment. talking about the thing. It's like when they say the title of the movie in the movie did the thing. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, we see lots of instances of animism in the mm-hmm. Greek pantheon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pontus is really just one small example. Uh, most of the protogenoi, the um, like sort of first gen of Greek deities, um, you know, they're the gods that created the gods that created what we recognize today as the Greek pantheon, yeah. um, are animus con- concepts. And um Pontus specifically is the god of the sea and all of its creatures. He doesn't really have any epithets to like call him by, um, but he generally appears as um, in art as the giant head of a middle-aged man with a beard that's kind of usually gray that turns into the waters of the sea um and uh, a lot of times there are sea creatures does, in there.
0: does his bread? <laughs> Turn into the water. I saw that. So uh, on on our notes here, well, on our notes, on her <laughs> notes here, um, it, it says watery gray beard in Perinz. His bread turns into water. Obviously, just a typo, but maybe also though bread into water, right?
1: I mean, that's that's yeah. A I mean, but of... ain't nobody want no soggy ass bread. I mean, no, not at all. Uh, (laughs) Bread soup, mmm, bread soup. It's croutons. Um, Croutons Beard and bread have the exact same letters and Microsoft Word just like auto corrects things. So yeah, his beard sort of like turns into the waves of the sea and oftentimes you'll see like images of sea creatures like in the beard, like not like they're trapped but like they're hanging out, just chilling, they're buddies. Um, And he also usually has crab claw horns. Mmm. I do not know if they are prehensile, so my imagining is it just is yes. In
0: my mind, it's just like uh it's just like uh like a big dumb floating head with crab claw horns. Uh yeah. And like not there's no body associated. Is yeah. that what we're
1: talking about yes, here? That's exactly what we're super talking about. I'm super here for it. I'm yeah.
0: super here for it.
1: Yeah. 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 Um uh so um, like a big just a big creepy floating head. Yeah, just like a big just but like he's a, like in what the I'm water, hoping is like a so. big head,
0: like a six foot tall head. Yeah. Right? Yeah, just like a bunch of head claws just click clacking around up here yeah just doing their thing That's, you're
1: basically describing the art that i found
0: yeah okay cool. associated does with he them.
1: walk on the claws upside down face <clears throat> no he just sort of like stays there he doesn't really walk around
0: Doesn't like move or nothing no i mean i guess he's the water so like the water's him moving or
1: whatever yeah he just sort of like appears i guess mm-hmm. it's unclear mm-hmm. um could you imagine being
0: at sea like if you're like an ancient person at the Mediterranean. Like, like in a, you know, in like a ancient, like an old timey boat. And you're like out at, you're out at the sea or whatever. And um, you hear a like, hey, hey, you over there. And you're like, the fuck is this? (laughs) And you look over the boat and there's just like a big watery bearded head with crab claws. And it's just like, hey, what are you doing inside of me right now? You'd be like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna go inland. never mind with this wet stuff. Yeah, that's why they don't that's why they don't have a, a word for the color blue. Listen, they were just like this sea thing, never mind it for a while. It's big floating crab heads in there. I don't like any of that shit. Shut it down immediately. Yeah. That explains it. I get it. Yeah, I'm here for
1: it. So, um Pontus is sort of related to a bunch of different people. His parents uh are well, his mom is Gaia, sure. and in some myths she birthed him just like autonomously. And in some, um, he, he is mean asexually. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> she just birthed him. She birthed him with
0: like a robot, you know, autonomously. <laughs> we were just like with some about sort that. of a
1: machine. Yeah. It's a... Robots. If it's not aliens, then it's robots. Yeah, if it's not aliens. Uh, and it's in robots, some it's myths, true. Gaia and Ether are um are his parents. Mm. Um his siblings are literally all of Gaia's children, so direct children everything. specifically. So everything. Yeah. Um and consorts are yes, Gaia, his also Gaia. his sister mother. Um <sighs> you know, sister mother we wife. Know, we don't think about that. Yeah. Uh and Thalassa, another um sort of like elder being. What's um
0: Thalassa the Animorph of
1: Uh, just like a lady who's like a sea deity. Ah, yeah. So Um. it's like
0: a little masturbatory.
1: Uh, a little, yeah. Uh. Um, and his children, he has several of them. And it's interesting, these children are all related to the sea, but they're all very purpose-driven. So there is Nereus, the, who's typically called the old man of the sea, his um, son by Gaia. Um, Nereus is the father of the Nereids, and one of Poseidon's wives is the Nereids. Okay, cool. Uh, there's Thalmus, uh, his... Um, his child by Gaia. Um, and they are sort of the wonder, <laughs> they're called the wonder of the sea. So uh, essentially the deity Thalmas, which sometimes is portrayed as a female and sometimes as a male, um, is portraying the most dangerous aspects of the sea.
0: Hmm. So wonder, not the word I was thinking of when you when dangerous is brought in. But yeah, yeah, I think sure.
1: that they mean horrifying wonder. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh Forcas, who's uh who is Pontus's child again by Gaia, um, who is a, another sea god and is married to Keto, C E T O. Um, also, Keto is one of Pontus's children with yes. Gaia, yeah. who is a so sea like goddess. Less, there were like less gods back then. Yeah, so you yeah. had to get to dip um, in And like Keto is the mother of monsters. Um, that includes the Gorgons, the Echidna, and specifically <laughs> the, uh,
0: Medusa. The the small rodent, the Echidna. No. You know, like an echidna? Yes,
1: it's not that. No. Oh, well that's that's it's no like fun. it's like it would have been,
0: been real dope if she was like, Oh listen, I got like these like tentacle head snake ladies, and I got these like attacking bird monster things. And look at, I got this cute I got this cute one. Look at this one turned out pretty okay. Echidnas are weird, but and then this other one, they're just assholes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the cute sheep of the monster family?
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's the, um, what's the daughter from the monsters? It's like that Lily Monster. Yeah. No, that's the mom.
0: No, that's the mom. What's the daughter? I don't know. I, I want to yeah. say Sherry Moon Monster. and I know that that's wrong. No, that's wrong, not it
1: Because that's what? It's um, So <laughs> Pontus's child also is Eurybia, which is a daughter through Gaius, uh, through Gaia again, so. and she is the goddess of the mastery slash the power of the seas. So particularly popular with sailors. Um, And then with Thalassa, um, his children are the Telchines, as well as all other sea creatures, and sort of sometimes in certain mythologies, Aphrodite. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in more Olympian family tree stuff, we talk about the Olympian family tree, like the standard sort of, 12 plus Olympian, like most popular Olympian gods. I think there's actually like 15 or 17. The the brand Uh, name
0: Olympian gods.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We have an episode on that. Uh, And I I did not write down the episode number, so you'll just have to find it. Um, I don't know that episode numbers are even particularly helpful, but... 2,342. No. Um, And then we also have a deep dive on Aphrodite, which might be particularly interesting as well, uh, because we talk a lot about her origin story. Um, So that is Pontus. um, And that's pretty much all that we have of him. So you can kind of take a look at the idea behind what Pontus represents being the, like personification of the sea and you can also look to other cultures to see what their personification of the sea god is of course you could lend things from poseidon but pontus is kind of like his own his own dude um and you can kind of take a lot out of it so he's sort of like all of the bits of the sea and you could of course look to oceanus within the greek pantheon um and you could even look to other like more seafaring cultures too to see what they are describing for their god of the seas and sort of take a lot of that with the animism of it but the because there isn't a lot of like historical information about who and if and how people worshiped Pontus. We don't yeah. really have a lot to go on there, but there are other Greek primordial de- deities that we do have some information about. So this is kind of like the rest of the first gen. So you can kind of see like where the, where, where one begins and another one ends. Sure. Um, so there, so they all started with uh, chaos. That is the God of the void. That's the space and the time before creation itself so the nothingness uh, it's also it's also the gap between heaven and earth and infinity and you can sort of treat these as the like correspondences of these deities as well mm-hmm. and i know that we don't have like the herbs and the colors and the stones and stuff but you can kind of just the primordial it's deities all, you, can kinda, sort of yeah. you can kind of you can kind of just Either lend from, take from other things that you're interested in, or go with like real, like instinctual type of correspondences there.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, like if if Pontus is the primordial god of the sea, then like, you know, shells and like sea sea things, crab claws. Crab, obviously, crab claws. Fish bones. If you have particularly watery beard bits, that's probably there. <laughs> Yeah, you got like some wet beard just sitting around. That's gross. Yeah, it's fucking awful, man. That's gross. Thanks. Yeah. But, but anyway, thanks. like, isn't there, isn't there like a, like a, like a seagrass or like a seaweed or something that's called like something? Old man's
1: beard? beard several. Yeah. Yes.
0: So like, there you go. If you got some wet beard, like if you got fish tank, maybe. Maybe if you do like a salt fish tank, you plant like a little bit of Pontus beard up
1: in there. Yeah. Well, and seas can be freshwater as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's not necessarily a saltwater, freshwater type of thing. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can use pretty much anything that you would assume coming from the sea. And you know what? Really, I I can't imagine that things coming from the ocean would be worse. Where we live, like we don't have a sea nearby. we We ain't got no seas. Um, We just have the ocean um, and like rivers and lakes and stuff. So for us, it's more along the lines of like what works um, in it. So it's kind of taking things a little bit more like chaos magic to sort of like inform your magical practice by what it is that you have handy and around you and sort of creating from that. Yeah. Totally. totally. Yeah. So um, next up is Gaia, the goddess of the earth, the mother of all life. She's also a goddess of fertility and abundance and yep. all of those things. There were definitely cults yep. associated with Gaia. Big and... white green rocks
0: screaming through the sky. Yeah. Yeah. What? Big, wet green rocks screaming through the sky. That's what earth is, bro
1: oh geez okay that's i did not know you were going with that yeah dry red
0: rock mars there you go
1: that's fair yeah Yeah. so um you know you can also look to any sort of correspondences for demeter for gaia and that's pretty much there also hera if you're keeping with the greek deities obviously isis is another good one um uranus who is the god of the sky. He's the lord of the rain, yeah. and he sits on the highest seat. So Uranus is an interesting one. Uh, you could also call him Oranos if you're particularly weird about saying the word Uranus. Um, Why would you be weird about the word Uranus? Some people are very specific about oh, it. Oh, because
0: of the, like, the, like, Fifth grade Uranus thing. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh that's yeah. okay. Um so that's ridiculous.
1: Uranus um is an Uranus, interesting thing. If
0: somebody was like, Oh man, the other day I was reading something about Oranos, I would be like, Oh, what is that? Like a science fiction thing or something? I would a hundred percent not think Uranus At all, if somebody did not pronounce it Uranus. Like, in the slightest,
1: dude. Like, oh, who's that?
0: Yeah. Um, Genuinely, I would just be like, oh, that's super interesting. Is that like a Star Wars character or something? Is it like a bounty hunter or something? You know? (laughs) Yeah, there's no way I would make that guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, because... Uranus is the god of the sky. He's the one who's like above everything, so he seems to me as a particularly interesting one to ask for rain sort of things yeah. like um or anything associated with the rain um but also for perspective. Yeah. Uh and I sort of had that epiphany while I was doing research on this and thought that that was a super dope way to use these primordial deities in sure. a different way. Sure, yeah. Um next up we have Oria who is the god of the mountains. I have, um, there was no other information about it. A lot of this stuff comes from like poems and like old writings. I I feel like primordial Greek God of
0: the mountains is like a straight line of informational logic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yes, that's correct. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Next up is Tartarus. And according to Plato, this is the place where souls are judged after death and where the worst punishments are given. So like the, Pits of Tartarus. Um, But Tartarus is both a place and a person, uh, and Tartarus is associated primarily with judgment when you're looking at it in kind of a metaphysical aspect. There's a lot of myths that mention Tartarus, and usually when you're looking at a myth that mentions Tartarus, you're looking at it being used as a place, and not a person or a concept.
0: Which is primarily
1: what we're talking about today. Yeah,
0: is the concept of Tartarus. The concept of Tartarus. Yeah. And the anamorph of Tartarus when yeah. a jail cell transforms into a god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird anamorphs book, but don't worry about it. It's not
1: wrong, though. It's I not mean, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, Erebus, who is the god of darkness and also the place where souls go past right after they die. Erebus is not to be confused uh, with. Erebus as darkness is not to be confused uh, with night. So there's darkness and then there is light. Um, Night, but yes. Yeah, there's darkness and then there's light and then there's night and then there's day. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, that's Erebus. Um, next up is Ether, the god of the bright upper sky or the heavens. Um, this is also usually conflated with the god of light. So if you're looking at anything to shine a light on something, if you're looking for, again, perspective from above, like looking at things at like, you know, in corporate speak, the 10,000 foot level, I hate that. Ugh. Oh man. Don't don't, don't speak corporate here. We're not, I we're have not, to wash my mouth out yeah, with some we wine. Don't, we
0: don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that
1: corporate shenanigree here. Oh, that's better. Okay. Um you can also look at um ether as kind of the god of just light in general. Sure. Uh, so you know if your power goes out, maybe pray to Ether. Knock on wood. Um <laughs> <laughs> sure. Next is Nyx, the goddess of night. And Nyx is usually portrayed as having black wings or being surrounded by a dark mist or carrying a dark scarf. Um, Nyx didn't have any known temples, but interestingly enough, it was common to see statues of her in other cults' temples, like the worshipping of the darkness or the honoring of the darkness of night was uh, a regular thing. Um, she's also the patron goddess of any black animal um, of shadow work and any work with her uh, should be done at night. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and next is Hemera, who is basically Nix's roommate. They live in Tartarus. And when Nix. The guy or
0: the place?
1: The place. Mm. Um, but Confusing. maybe also the guy. I don't know. Yeah. Animism is a fun thing. Yeah. So, oh. Nix, when when Nix goes out to like bring the night upon the world, Hemera is home. And when Hemera is out bringing the day, then Nix is home. And mm. they kind of never see each other. So, yeah. they're like the best roommates. Yeah. Um, because Street they're. a roommate deal. Yeah. Because they're never they using the like the themselves. laundry. They always have the whole house themselves. Yeah. Yeah. they there's totally, no, none of that worrying there. Um, and any work with Hemera should be done during the day. Um, this is not to be confused with uh, Eos, goddess of the dawn, or with Helios or Apollo, gods of the sun. You can see they're sort of the same but also slightly different things. And when we look at a lot of ancient religions, we basically see that. Yeah. So you can really see animism kind of. Um, coming to life in this because we're taking individual concepts and assigning them a spiritual essence, a deity, if you will. Sure, sure, sure. And then lastly, which um, is Eros, which is super interesting because Eros is sometimes named as the son of Aphrodite and Ares. However, that is a newer concept in Greek mythos than originally. Originally Eros was the god of love and desire and sex and lust and passion and all of those things. Sure. Um, And it wasn't until much, much later on that he was sort of changed to be the son of Aphrodite and Ares. And also, another thing that changed is his portrayal. Originally, he appeared as a young man, a young, like hot dude sure. um, and then later on he was um, portrayed as a baby with wings this got super popular during the uh, renaissance when they started looking back at classical greek times and going gosh times would be so much better back then guys and then made like a whole bunch of paintings yeah. um, that, and that's not the that first like, time we like, see baby that like, with wings that like but weird
0: psycho falsification of of ancient greek yeah. like beliefs and literature because it was like fashionable with the bourgeoisie.
1: Yeah, yeah basically. That was like the Renaissance version of uh, Cottagecore.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's super interesting, but that is not the first time he was shown as a baby with wings. I don't know when the first time that one was, yeah. but Maybe it went was back further than wings. that. I mean- I mean, you know what? He's a primordial deity. I'm pretty sure he can show up however he wants. That's fair. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, he's just gonna do he's just gonna do whatever's going on. Yeah. yeah. He's just
1: gonna do whatever's going on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh whatever he desires. Yeah. Gross. so that is a list of the primordial deities and some ideas for how you can work with them most pantheons have their own primordial deities and you can kind of take a look back at them um so that's not this is not an uncommon concept we're just talking about it here in this space to kind of handle pontus and get some ideas out there so this is kind of like an interesting concept that we have um so we would really love to hear what other people think about this so definitely yeah like like, do you
0: work with any primordial deities or does your practice involve any Um, obviously if you have like bonus pontus information like hit it up you know like like I often think when you're talking about primordial deities or any sort of a like like pre the TM right like like the B squad of that particular like that particular practices Justice League or Avengers you know because uh, you've got like your you got your main cast of the I'm going to use the Justice League as an example here. This is the way that I kind of think about this in my head. You got your main cast of Justice League, right? You've got your Superman, you've got your Batman, you've got your Flash, you've got your Green Lantern, you got your Martian Manhunter. You know, you got you got your big mainstays, right? But then you got a bunch of like B. You, you got the guy that can make bouncy balls come out of his skin or whatever the gold bullshit. balls guy. You got the yeah. gold balls guy, right? Or you got the guy who's also fast, but like not as useful. One of my favorite B B squatters is the like stretchy dude whose power is just that he's like mad stretchy.
1: Oh, yeah. You
0: know? Uh, the stretch armstrong guy. Yeah. Like, so so you got your like B cast of stuff, right? So the way that I always think about it, and I don't mean B as in like a degrading or negative way, because honestly, I can't stand most of the A list for the Justice League. So I guess my my yeah. like like look on this is primarily <laughs> the like TM gods, right? Is that you have your like TM gods. You've got your like you got your like your like registered trademark, like, you know, big name gods. And then you've got all these other gods kind of interspersed in there. And like You hear this talked about a lot, especially with, like, Greek gods, where it's like, oh, like, Aphrodite's Aphrodite, but, like, she was probably this other person before that who was, like, faith for these people, and before that or at the same time as that she was also this other person that was being worshipped by, like, these people over here or whatever. So I often wonder whenever we talk about, like, primordial gods, it, like... Not necessarily what specifically we're talking about, but like at what point in time did like the Greek main like Justice League squad kind of like wrap them up during yeah. the like great expansion of the empire? For a lack of better words, right? Because, like, when you have a, di- when you have like disparate locations and, p- and people sort of like, like, co developing shit, like, I mean, you know, obviously, like, any coastal region is going to have some sort of a, like, deity for that wet, salty stuff out there, right? Yeah. Uh, and probably, to, like, and it. probably
1: multiple ones dealing with different aspects, like we see with Pontus. Oh, yeah. Like, you his house like,
0: his kids are like, are like, yeah, hey, this one's in charge of like the scary bits and this one's in charge of like calm waters and like this one's in charge of like, nice days and shit like that. Sure. Yeah. That's the like, sort of, I look at that as the sort of like, um, the like sort of textural wrinkling of time. Right. That like, that like how the phone game persists change. And then we try and like rationalize that change as like a worshiping people or what have you. But like, for me, it's interesting to see like where, where the, where, what, like what Pontus is associated with. Right. And then where they were able to, like, sort of like shave some stuff off because it overlaps with. For example, like Oceanus or Poseidon, and where they like left the stuff, right? Because like Poseidon isn't generally talked about as being like the physical manifestation of the ocean. Yeah. Right. He's like the god. He's like the dude with abs sitting in a fucking marble chair. Yeah. But like, can control of the ocean, Aquaman esque style. Yeah. Right. But like, what about all the other water based superheroes? Yeah. Right. What about all the other water based gods? Where do they fall into that? And I think that this fits a lot with um with the whole like Eros is the son of Everdite or whatever, where you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, like inevitably we kind of had to like circle that back around because it kind of makes the most amount of sense. Yeah. Right. So like the phone game meant that we sort of like shaved enough off that now evolves, all of a sudden like this deity sort of plugs in down here. Where, like, all right, well, he's, like, the, the child of, of Aphrodite, even though, like, potentially, like, like he's not, and he's his own thing. Or, like, potential or, like, possibly earlier, he wasn't and was his own thing. And Aphrodite yeah. came from, like, Pontus and some other shit, yeah right? And, like, especially, especially, this is, like, I, I think it's just the nature of, like, uh, we probably have the most information about Greek myth.
1: We really do.
0: Right? We really of, do. Of like and that's one of the reasons them. why
1: we keep coming back to it so we, often yeah. with things is it's it's easily accessible to like most people living in Western culture. Sure, yeah. Like now. So it's pretty Technic- easily accessible. Technically, all the Greek gods there's are a lot of information. DC
0: superheroes also. So like... Yeah. You know, yeah, it makes it like easier to get into. It's like all of a sudden Norse stuff is easier to talk about and research because you have like a bunch of people talking about it, partially because of Marvel and partially because like Viking shows got like super hot for like ten years.
1: Yeah. You know and that's not to say that there isn't a lot of information or that things aren't as accessible for other pantheons, right? Oh, sure, but yeah, like, of course. You know, if like you there's stop there's a ton in, of
0: Egyptian stuff out there, and yeah. there's like a ton if of if you stuff stop like an alien. average
1: person on the street, it's pretty easy to understand, you know, it's pretty easy to guess that they'll probably understand at least one or two things about oh, Yeah, the I, if Greek you
0: I, I would bet, dime for dollar, if you stop any rando on the street and you ask them to name a god what with isn't standard-issue Judeo-Christian yeah. god, they're gonna say a Greek god. They're gonna say, like, Zeus or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Or Thor. Like that like or Thor just because of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Right? But yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I feel like they're they're high enough up there. That yeah. like they're the main ones that we're going to talk about about these totally. things. But but like to the thing that I was saying earlier, like it's interesting to see where the overlaps occur and where like it would make sense for Pontus to also fill the fill the space of like other things, but it's just like not talked about. Yeah, you know, because like, oh well, like we already have Poseidon for that shit. Yeah, you know, or yeah. whatever. So that's that's kind of like the way that I I often think about like this sort of like ancient myth stuff when I'm like I'm reading a book uh, right now on um, uh, giants, like Norse, like primordial yeah. giants in Norse mythology, and how like you can see where like it sort of like evolves in and out of what we or like what we currently talk about as like giants and, you know, Jotuns in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. uh. So it's, it's, it's an interesting way to analyze those things and think about that when we're doing our research or our, or, or like looking into a deity, right. Yeah. Especially if you're like, let's say like uh worshiping one of these primordial deities or trying to work with one of these primordial deities. And it's like, Oh, well, like just because, theoretically, like Pontus doesn't do ocean stuff, but like if you're in our ocean region, like maybe Pontus is working with you. Right? Because yeah. it's like like yeah, Pontus is Pontus, but like for you, Pontus is contains some of the same uh it like Spirit, or what have you, like actionable, whatever, godness over like ocean shit, also. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, and there's also sort of the like personal alignment of it, too. So, like, even if you lived, like, say, in the, in like Arizona. In the U.S., where there like aren't any seas nearby, that doesn't mean that you can't work with Pontus. Um, And I find that for me, it's really helpful to understand like, okay, well, like going backwards in time, what did that look like? What did that worship look like before Pontus? And what did that look like in areas near where this deity work, you know, was worshipped? Because you're kind of like getting, you're kind of like peeling off the layers of the onion, and you know, maybe you get to the end and there's no nothing (laughs) yeah you're like okay well this seems to be a fairly totally original concept um at this core Well, and
0: if if you're working with let's say the ocean or the sea and you're like ah, poseidon and i not homies Ah, oceanus and i not homies pontus and i feel more like homies then like that's the version of the that's the interpretation of the sea like one of the things that we sort of like follow is the wrong word but like follow is is kind of the best word is this idea that like your practice is your own like if if pontus for you is a different pontus than pontus is for me conceptually then like that's fine right yeah because because like the texture of faith and practice uh in ancient times was one of the myriad one of like infinite like yeah like pers like personalization right and I think that like the idea that like like you need to follow the like grade one source Pontus this like this like well like gatekeeping is a great example of this and we we talked about this in one of the episodes previously where it's just like well like I worship Uh, Like if you worship Pontus in a specific way and I'm like, well, I've done research on Pontus and like what you're doing, like you're that's a sea star or like that. You know, that's like an ocean star, not a sea star. Right. Yeah. So you can't use that on your Pontus altar. Like if for you that that's that ocean star or whatever is like a thing that like vibes with you and your Pontus, then like that's fine. Yeah. Right. And especially when we're talking about like primordial gods or gods that we don't have like a ton of information about or a ton of like grade one, like like a one information. And it's mostly just like talk. It's, it's assholes like us just talking into the void, making decisions <laughs> about stuff. Right. Like you like you should be looking to do a thing like in your way. If your way is this book is the book that I like and this book says this is what I should do. Like, rock and roll. Dude, That's that makes everything easier. Do that shit. Yeah, right? I mean, if
1: you want to start a whole personal religion based on a book... That you particularly are into. I mean, there's, we, we've we got a whole- There's a bunch of them. We've got a whole slew of of, of books that yeah. we would like to, and religions that we'd like to tell you about. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no, 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 this, this is like a really good point. Like um, we talk about this in the Aphrodite deep dive where in certain cultures, Aphrodite was worshiped not only as like a love goddess and a mother goddess, but also as a war goddess. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that different interpretation. Yeah. You know, um the thing about the th- the thing that's so hard about all of all of this like going back to like see what the ancients did like I see this a lot when I do research into Norse mythology and Norse um, like religious practices is there's a lot of people that want to do things the way that the ancients did, and I absolutely get that because I am very much that way too. Yeah. But you're basically at the whim of someone, some, some well, uh, who, whomever of, interpretations of someone you found. who 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 whose work miraculously survived literally thousands of years of stuff. So you're looking at that person's personal body, you know, imagine going a thousand, you know, imagine that like somebody, you know, some random person's blog is found thousands of years in the future talking about, you know, talking about something and people are like, oh, obviously this is how everybody like worshiped this particular thing or this deity, like Chronicles of Leibovitz. Yeah. which we've talked about before. So it's like, you know, you you can only get so far with the historical research of it and I try really hard to blend the historical research of it and my own intuition as well as what other people in the space are doing so like obviously if you guys want sources for stuff I can absolutely provide yeah. some sources well, and we're not, but a we're lot not, of it, not but some of like, it is A1 not all sources, on these sources. <laughs> so, Yeah. So I don't have like a I don't have like a you know a, a secret backdoor archaeology lab yeah. or anything like that so a lot of this kind of practice is really taking what matters most to you and taking it home. For me, even though I consider myself a patron of Aphrodite, I don't particularly consider her a war goddess. I actually consider her much similar to the way that when we talked about our, when when we did our Isis deep dive, how people used Isis as kind of like a a catch-all female deity. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way that I choose to do my practice for her, which is... Totally different than anybody else, and I have no problem with that. So it creates an interesting layer because we're basically just working off of it, yeah. you know. Um, well, what it does <laughs> is what we've What got. it does is
0: it allows for a more dynamic interaction with other practitioners, right? Because there's always going to be like the like the five dimensional Venn diagram of faith between any like any group of people or any individual people is such that there are things that overlap and things that don't and the things that don't overlap add texture to our reality and allow us to like observe new ideas sometimes those ideas um affect us in a repulsive way so it pushes us deeper into the way that we believe because we disagree with that interpretation uh, which there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with something, um, so long as you're not an asshole about it. And sometimes it it uh, those those new those new pieces of information that new opinion affects us in an attractive way, which draws us in that direction. If you think about it as like sort of surfing or like skateboarding or like riding a bike or or like rollerblading or ice skating or anything like that, like there's a there's there is a degree of you commanding the direction you're going and then there's a degree of you being commanded in the most efficient or simplest or sometimes most dangerous path towards the end of that particular like journey or practice or understanding or belief or faith or what have you so like when we have like like you worshiping or observing Aphrodite differently than like one of our friends or differently than like the way that I would observe Aphrodite or, or something like that. It allows us to come together in that like sit down common area thing that no longer exists in a lot of first world places uh, where we all come together and sit down and have open, free, unjudgmental discussions of faith and philosophy and like universal understanding so that way we can all go back to our practice after those conversations and have gained something, gaining uh, new knowledge that uh, changes us in uh different that moves us in a different direction, or potentially gaining knowledge that um definitely assures us that we were right all along, and that, that shit's crazy. Simply, Both are fine. Exchanges or simply of information,
1: gaining perspective of somebody else's point of view. Yeah, which is I mean, also knowledge a really is always thing. good
0: because it's knowledge. That's like a straight line of logic. Um, but like yeah, so if you know, if this is one of those things where like if you. If you worship primordial Greek gods, and especially if you worship Pontus, like, is there something different that you do? Or is there, like, is there something that, like, that, like, you found in that, in that practice or in your research, right? Because everybody has their, like, thing that they're going to, like, de- delve more deeply into. Like, have you found something that's different or additional to the stuff that we've said? You know, obviously, you know, the YouTube algorithm, like, comment below and do all that stuff. Um but like that's the kind of stuff that like we would like to facilitate sharing more yeah, of. Yeah.
1: And of course, even if it's not Pontus or a Greek primordial deity, if it's somebody who's either very common or even or even very uncommon, yeah. like we'd be very interested to yeah. hear. Or that. does your
0: deity overlap with Pontus in some way? Whether in that way is it being like um uh uh primordial deity or being specifically a sea deity or a water deity or a deity that has like kind of like oh like i follow this deity and they equally have no information available and i'm just winging it thank you very much you know yeah (laughs) yeah you know that kind of thing yeah um so and and we'll inevitably do a deeper dive into the like like just like like the raw Animism of like belief and practice. Yeah. We have yeah. like a
1: thing we want
0: to do there, but we just yeah. haven't looked it We'll be doing, all the way yeah, we'll
1: probably be doing full episodes on animism and what that looks like across yeah. the world, both classically and in a modern sense, as well as Poseidon. We've got a deep dive that yeah. we'll be doing, yeah. other sea deities. I mean, really, we've got tons of things that we want to talk about. Might even do a book with review you. for animals.
0: So. <laughs> Qu- if Come I remember on. correctly, I think you can crush one of those books in like an hour and a half. They're like very <laughs> tiny books, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. What's up? Yeah. Did you read Animorphs? Which was your favorite Animorph? I don't have a favorite Animorph because I don't remember enough details, but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I feel I like if was, somebody's turning into a dinosaur, like that's probably my or favorite. red,
0: and it w- the guy turned into like a prey Manus or something, but I might be mad hallucinating that one. Maybe. Yeah, we'll I have do to not find remember. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to start buying Animorph books.
1: Yeah, time to time to go on eBay and oh, see if there's any I have so vintage many, I have copies. So many books. We have already. so many books. We no. don't have room. I don't have room um, any, yeah. So we did write some sort of spells. Um, the first, the first one is we do have an invocation for Pontus and for these, you. These are
0: these are obviously like not connected to some sort of historical practice or tradition. These are part of like anytime we do a deep dive, we try and kind of like meditate on the information we learned about this. A particular person, deity, thing, or or other sundry, um, chaotic shenanigans, and um, try and come up with something to fill a practice with. Like if you, if, like if we've sparked your interest, and you're like, oh, this Pontus guy seems pretty gangster. Like I would like to do some more stuff with that. We're kind of giving you like a jumping off point with these um, spells, yeah,
1: as it were, yeah, yeah. So I'll have you read that invocation since you did a bunch of work on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we have an invocation for Pontus um, and uh, like heads up as a, as a practitioner of, of a worshiper of Norse deities. uh, We love, we love bonus names on things. So, um, this is, uh, an invocation for Pontus Pontus, primordial Lord of the sea, father to all its creatures. I call upon you and make this offering and then like provide your like offering to Pontus, whether that's like a food stuff or like a dumb supper or like a bit of your food in like a little, we have like little offering trays we keep, or
1: like the, a right? bit of water or like a bit
0: of water or like some sort of a, like uh um, crab
1: claw. Yeah.
0: Like a shenan that you maybe found. If you're or given
1: crab claws as an offering, just to warn you, like, Rinse. Make sure that all the meat's out, and make sure to rinse it thoroughly. Yeah, with um like soap and water, and then also it should be dried in the oven and not on your altar space. We know from experience. Yeah, they can go. They can go squirrely, damn. Yeah,
0: please trust. Um. So uh. So provide your offering, and then Lord Pontus, teach me to calm the waters of my soul and find nourishment in the world around me. Um. And then do whatever, like, ritual or meditation that you, like, are planning to do around Pontus or in general for your, like, particular practice. And then end this invocation with Pontus, living spirit of the sea and father to all who dwell within it. I offer you thanks. And then leave your offering there or dispose of it according to your particular practice and how ants, pests, or pets your house is. Yes. Right?
1: Yes. (laughs) It's like, you might
0: want to leave it out, but like raccoons are precocious. Yeah. So.
1: Or house raccoons like dogs. Or house
0: raccoons like dogs. Or
1: like house raccoons like actual house raccoons. I know. Tiny little demon hands. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they're the best. Um, And then the next one isn't really so much of a spell as it is a methodology, and that's for water divination. And this is how I like to do water divination um, or scrying. So to do this, um, you'll need a candle, a bowl, preferably in a dark color, but honestly, anything kind of works. It would be best if it's not patterned, but um, again, if you, beggars, beggars aren't choosers here, so a bowl. Um, Enough water to fill the bowl a uh, little bit of sea salt and a book of shadows or whatever it is that you use to take notes. So, um, sort of like prepare your space, get ready, get in the mood, get in the zone and put the bowl in a, in a, a, zone. In a <laughs> in a comfortable place that (laughs) may be on your altar that may not be on your altar. And that's totally fine. It is important that you put the bowl somewhere where you're not having to hold it yourself in case you get tired. Um, So maybe that's on your kitchen table or whatever. Um, So put the bowl in a comfortable place and light your candle, clear your mind, take a few moments to kind of sort out whatever thoughts you've got moving through your head and then put a pinch of sea salt in the empty bowl. Now, fill the bowl with water. You don't have to stir. You could just fill it. It's not necessary to stir. Uh, And adjust the candle or the bowl as needed so that the light of the candle reflects on the surface of the water. It is usually best to do this in a dark room so that you can easier see the reflection, but you can do this in the daylight, too. It kind of is whatever works best for you. Now, unfocus your eyes and gaze at the reflection in the water and take notes of any images or symbols that you see. And this is, until I figured it out, this unfocus your eyes and gaze, and a lot of times you just say, like divination resources Just say gaze at something So um, you know when You're kind of like spacing out And like daydreaming But with your eyes open and You're still seeing everything that's around you And your eyes are kind of unfocused on, ev- on anything But you're still seeing everything just fine That's really what it is That we're talking about here When we're saying gaze at the reflection Or unfocus your eyes You know it's not necessarily Take off your glasses right. And it's not stare at it Um, I find that it works best for me when I sort of let my eyes unfocus and then I try to keep them unfocused for as long as I can. It's kind of like when you see things in the peripheral of your vision um, and you can catch that glimpse Uh, But when you focus on it, it's no longer there. For me, it's sort of the same idea, but not with the peripheral. Um, And you will eventually sort of see images um, or symbols in the reflection in the water. And um, that is really what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. It's best to do this for a few minutes at a time and kind of like take a break. It's uh it's hard to unfocus your eyes for a very long time. Um, just like it is hard to squint for a very long time. So, um, you know, take it easy on yourself. And yeah. um so do this for a few minutes at a time until you receive a symbol or a message. Um and you may not get also okay if you don't receive a symbol or yeah, a message so just the first couple of times.
0: Yeah. Doing this, it's a it's a learned skill. So, you know, you you've gotta you've got to like think about think about it like one of them cni uh what are those called uh oh, ma- those? Mag- magic eye yeah. things you know like once you're good at them, you can get there quickly i mean this is honestly true for any meditative process but like like until you get comfortable with like seeing where that line is where that change happens right and being able to like approach it more rapidly it's going to take time There's definitely going to be fits and starts about that sort of stuff. Like be okay with not receiving something and then just being like, all right, I'm going to like try this out in a couple hours or whatever.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, if you see one thing, that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily see something else. Sometimes that's all it is that you're looking for. Um, I find that it's easier to do this kind of divination when you don't have something in mind that you're trying to get an answer for. um, And that tends to kind of help. Yeah. 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 So um, that is water divination for you. I'm, I'm sure that we'll be doing an episode later on that's very in depth talking about different types of scrying and water divination that can be done. Um, yeah. But this will hold you over till then.
0: <laughs> yeah. This will, this will tide you. This will tide you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And uh, those two spells, as well as all of the information uh, in this podcast, will be available in a Book of Shadows page. Yeah. Um, on our patreon which speaking of our patreon we would like to thank our patrons alan miranda alexa helena and somewhere thank you for joining us somewhere yeah um and so uh you guys are keeping you guys are are keeping us improving every time small victories yeah is the way that i look at it we appreciate your help we definitely appreciate you guys um yeah you're our favorite listeners Everybody's our favorite listener. If you're hearing us, you're our favorite listener. All too. ten of you. All ten of you, yeah. Or eleven. Yeah. We might
1: be up to eleven now. Yeah. I'm not well, sure. Small victories.
0: Small victories. <laughs> uh so next up, the next episode is we have a pub chat coming up after this. I know that we've said that we were gonna do that and then we didn't do that, but like that's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um we're been, finally getting
1: fi- back into the swing been, of things we've been after been having the, the power Etsy shop and
0: the power out and, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So uh we'll have a pub chat coming up, and then after that is Ostara 103. Yeah, flower magic.
1: Yeah, Ostara is the time of spring and rebirth and new flowers everywhere. So we're kind of getting that early because by the time Beltane comes around, there's a lot of wildflowers that are already done. So we're kind of looking at the earlier part of that season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of course, like always, if you have a suggestion for an episode or you have a correction or we've said a thing insane, do you pronounce Uranus wrong? Um, (laughs) uh, comment below, leave a comment below, like this video. If you're on YouTube, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all of the other stuff. I think you're supposed to bop it and then twist it and then pull it. If you remember that reference, um, and you're old like me. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn.
1: And Cauldron podcast.
0: podcast. I forgot what I was going to say entirely. Oh, leave us a review if you're on the podcast networks. There you go. Bing, bang, yeah. boom. Got it, That's guys. the only
1: way we know that people are listening. That's yet. true.
0: Yeah, that's the only way we know. I mean, like, technically, I have a thing that's supposed to tell me, and what it tells me both does and does not make a ferocious amount of sense. Oh, podcast networks so, are an absolute Yeah, podcast nightmare. networks yeah. are a nightmare. Um, and uh, Being a
1: small creator is a wild thing.
0: Yeah, and of course, all of our links are down below. And if you, if you would like us to do an episode on a specific topic or something like that, you can obviously comment about it. You can hit us up on social media. All of those are going to be below. You can also send us an email on our website, almost as though we're pros. And uh, the link to the website <laughs> is down below. Um, as well as all of the other sundry things we do. Yeah. So check that out. If you're a Trekkie,
1: we're doing Star Trek reviews again. Guys, what's up? Um, yeah. And um, <laughs> coming up soonish, we're going to be doing a 2022 costume bl- wrap-up. vlog wrap up.
0: Vlog wrap up. Um, um, as yeah. well as like more gardening stuff to come on like the social media. And I'll probably do a couple of videos about it. Um, Because we're doing like seeds and and such like that. So yeah, uh, for the garden. So yeah, stay tuned for all that kind of stuff. And we will uh, catch you guys on the flip side, I guess, right? Yeah. Do flip side stuff. Yeah, sure.
1: We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Uh, Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt.